Hello, everybody. This is Rod Zeeb again, and I'm here today with Randy Fox. And Randy and I have known each other longer than either one of us want to admit. Uh, <laughs> and, and today we're going to talk about a collaboration. And in part, I wanted to talk to Randy because Randy's business model is he's got to collaborate. He didn't have his own clients. His, he's, all of his cases come from other professionals. Um, and so that's kind of a, a, a little bit about why we're starting here. So Randy, first of all, thanks for coming. Happy to be here, Rod. Good to, good to see you, even nobody, nobody else can, I can. Yeah, I know, it's nice that we can see each other, but they'll just have to deal with it. Uh, so like I said, I wanted to talk to you because you do collaborate, whether you like it or not. Um, and so first of all, I want you to give a little background on how you work so people understand that, and then we'll go from there on what works and what doesn't. Yeah, uh, thanks, Rod. Uh, I, well, I started in the business 35 years ago, just as a, a financial advisor, uh, back before there were financial planners, uh, with a couple of partners. And we had a typical retail financial planning practice. But about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, um, that just became old for me. And so uh, I got together with an attorney colleague of mine. Uh, we started a, a business that whose sole purpose was to help other advisors with uh, complexities that they couldn't fix on their own. So uh, literally for 21 years, my model has been collaborating because all of my business comes from other advisors, uh, be they attorneys or financial advisors and now just a few CPAs. Um, and so that always involves figuring out how to work with the other person and how to work with them efficiently and how to, how to uh, cement the client relationship better. And, and that is, okay, so that's one issue. Let's start there. Let's start with the client. I mean, if they already are, are, have a relationship with whoever it is that's introducing you to, do, to you, what works best to make that transition so that the client sees you as their advisor and not just this person off to the side? Well, again, you know, I, I don't like to put words in my advisor's mouths, but they often say, you know, how do I introduce you or what do I do? And uh, typically what I'll say is, you know, I, uh, Mr. Client, I, you know, I, I'm usually good. This is what I'm good at. And this is what I, what I like to do. But when I have a client such as you, I always feel like it's a good idea to have a team uh, because there's a lot of things I don't know and a lot of things other people do know. And I, I like to put together a team to give you the best results. Um, so I work with a team of national experts, yada, 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 and it goes on okay. like that. Um, and it has not been a problem. Uh, it, it, I've never had resistance because uh, you're going to give them more help. Yeah. And that's just it. I mean, when they've, when they've identified you as somebody who's going to help them do a better job for the client, now it's a wonderful thing. Right. And, I and give you, I, can I give you a recent example, Rod? I have yeah. a, I, yeah. I'm working with an advisor right now. He has a client who's been his client for 10 years or more. I, and they're friends. They go out to lunch. They hang out together. Uh, the client's worth $25 million and has an income of about $3 million a year. So he's got this growing estate plan. And the advisor I was working with has simply been managing a couple million dollars. Okay. Uh, client has no estate plan in place. And he finally just said, hey, you know, it's time to get off the dime here. I'm bringing in, we're, we're going to do this different. And that was just about a year ago. So here we are today. His plan is almost fully implemented. Uh, he will pay no estate tax. Uh, we have done a, a 180 degree change from everything he ever thought he was going to do uh, to where he is today. Uh, so, you know, the, the results can be really, 
rewarding for us, but also really helpful for the family. Right. And, and you touched on one thing. I had a client one time that told me you can only be an expert at two and a half things. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure uh, how you're an expert I, at the thing, but you know, it's true. I mean, when I was an estate planning attorney, I was really good at estate planning and I was pretty good at philanthropic planning, but there was a lot of other things that I just didn't do. I mean, I, you know, I know one of the things that you're, you're good at is things like collections. I didn't know how to handle a collection, or, you know. Uh, yeah, you, you know, there's, a, there's only, I'm lucky if I'm good at two and a half things, <laughs> but, but having done this long enough, I know a lot of people who are really good at what they do, and I do not hesitate. I, I always say I have a big Rolodex. No one has a Rolodex anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm really good at picking up the phone or sending an email saying, hey, I've got this situation. You know, what, what would you do here? Or do you want to help on this? And, you know, why wouldn't someone want to help? Uh, it's a way for everybody to participate. And, and again, to me, ultimately, is to do the best job for the client. Right. So when you think about doing the best job for the client, what are some of the keys that makes collaboration work? Both from the client standpoint and from the advisors as we're working, the professionals as we're working together. Uh, uh, I would say a couple of things, Rod, that, and that's, that's the toughest question of all, right? Because some right. collaborations work, some collaborations are nothing more than kind of a series of cooperations. And as, as I said a little bit earlier, some collaborations are conflicts. Right. Um, the, the thing I think that works is having a process. Uh, you know, we start here, we're going to do this first, we're going to take this step by step, unless there's something on fire in an emergency, you know, we will get to everything, but we're going to do one or two things at a time at most. Um, and, and secondly is communication. Um, so we, we have to not only keep the client in the loop, but all of the other key stakeholders. Uh, in, in the case that I was mentioning earlier, we have had conversations with the CFO of the family business, uh, with his CPA, uh, with family members, with uh, appraisers, with all sorts of people that need to participate. And you just have to be really clear about all these, all these people are here for a reason. It's not, it's not that we're doing this just to make this overcomplicated. It's to do it so that we get the best benefit for the, for the bottom line. And it's interesting, if you don't do that, the client's going to talk to somebody, you know, and if, if they talk to somebody, they don't know what's going on. That's a, well, that's I, a I, the, the opposite example, of course, is the, at the end of the year, I was working on the, I was introduced to a gentleman who had sold his business for, you know, $25 million or some nice enough number to make, make for a good life uh, and was retaining the real estate. Uh, that he was going to rent back to his former company, which is a pretty common uh, transaction, but he was also facing a huge amount of tax. So the advisor brought him to me and said, you know, this is a perfect candidate for a charitable strategy. And we illustrated the charitable strategy and talked it through with the client and did all sorts of uh, calculations and computations and, uh, and conversations, which is, which is fine. That's, I love to do that. Um, but then he said, well, I want to run this by my attorney and CPA. And they had not been part of the conversation yeah. uh, and had not been asked to be part of the conversation. And uh, uh, that turned out to be, you know, I, I had bright light shining in my face in the Zoom call. Uh, and I got the third degree as if I was a suspect in, uh, you know, a, a, as a terrorist. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, ultimately, the attorney behind my back tried to nix the deal, and the accountant asked all sorts of kind of crazy questions about appraisals and the IRS cracking down and scared the heck out of the client. And he had said yes, then he said no because of that. And then we, we turned the tables and he finally said yes. But again, why have to go to that war? Right. You know, <laughs> the best thing to have done was prior to presenting to the clients, getting permission to talk to the attorney and accountant, getting all their uh, answers and objections out of the way and getting them on board with the idea. Um, and that's, that's not always possible. You're always, it's often we meet resistance with some of our ideas, uh, partly because it wasn't invented in that office and partly because, uh, yeah, you know, they didn't think about it or they don't know about it and they don't want to look silly in front of their clients. Um, it, you know, it, every, every single case is, is different. I wish I could say, you know, if you just do it this way, uh, it's always going to work, uh, but it doesn't work that way. You know, and you just raised a, a, a great point that uh, actually we were working, we were doing a training with a guy named John Severson. <laughs> and, and John was working on a case that you were doing the case design on. And it was all about the, the training was on collaboration. And John said, well, what I'm going to do is we've got the plan now from Randy and I'm going to sit down with the client and the accountant and the attorney, and we're going to go through this plan. And I went, have the accountant and the attorney seen it yet? He said, well, no, we're going to meet all at one time. I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, know, you need to go talk to the accountant and the attorney. Because if I'm the attorney, the only way I can justify my existence is to find a problem. That's right. You know, that's, you know. Uh, and that's exactly what happened in this case. You yeah. know, the, the attorney started saying, you know, all sorts of crazy things. The accountant started saying not crazy things, but they were reasonable questions. And, you know, we answered all the questions. Um, uh, but, you know, that's the hard way. Yeah, if you do it up front and everybody's, and then you have a united front going to the client and everybody's bought in and everybody, and part of that is everybody's got to get paid. Right. You know, and that's. And, and again, you'll find even wealthy clients are resistant to engaging the attorney and the accountant ahead of time because they know they're going to get a bill. Right. Uh, and uh, again, I think it's our job to say, listen, it's better to pay them now than it is to pay them later, because it's gonna be much more expensive later if you regret this, or if they say there's something wrong with it, to undo what you've done, than it will be to get them to, to charge you for a couple hours while we inform them of what you're considering doing. And yeah, and, I, and that's, I, I'd say those same kind of things. And, and I also add a lot of times, I don't know everything. They may come up with something we haven't thought of. And you know, we don't have to do that after we've done all this. Let's have that up at the beginning. Yeah, it never fails. I mean, we, we uh, in another case I'm working on out in California, uh, we need collateral from the client uh, to, to be pledged for the purchase of a certain, uh, some assets. Uh, and we, had, uh, we, we have his, you know, his statements and we see all his funds and we go, oh, we're going to use this account for collateral. And lo and behold, his financial or his attorney, one of those two people, said, "Oh, that's already pledged." <laughs> yeah. Well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's nice to know those things up front because now we we lose credibility to the client, uh, we lose credibility to the other advisors. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a wall up and there's nothing we can do about it. But in every circumstance that I can ever think of, Rod, the more buy-in we have early the better the case goes, you know, the more we can build the team at the beginning, uh, the, the better, the better the implementation is going to be. 
you know, for years we've been training and, and using the, uh, that old book, uh, eight attributes of high performance team. And it's, it's an old book now, but you know, it's, it's accurate. I mean, when I, when I look at it, the, the eight attributes that they talk about are participatory leadership, which means I lead when I'm leading, you're leading when you're leading. And, you know, everybody's probably going to be leading at some point. Shared responsibility. We all know what everybody's doing. Aligned on purpose. We all know what, who we're doing it for. But the number four one, I think, is the key one. And you just hit it. High communication. Yeah. If, if everybody knows what's going on, then no matter who the client calls, you know, they'll get the same story. Uh, exactly. And the, and the team has to communicate with each other. If, right. if someone says, hey, listen, I, don't, I really don't like this idea, or I've looked into this and I think it's too risky, or whatever, you know, let's get it out on the table and either help you understand it better or help me understand what the problem is. Right. I, I, yeah, one, one way or the other. Either, you know, one of yeah, us let's just clear it up between us before we, we upset the client saying, right. oh, he proposed this, but I said, no way. Yeah. 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 That's always, if you want to do it, it's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, You can do it if you want to, but understand I'm writing a a memo in my file saying I told you not to. Right. Exactly. When, when you sit down, you're starting to talk to, uh, probably with you with a professional before you talk to the client, are, are there any like triggers that you look for and you say, okay, either this is going to work or run like the wind. (laughs) Um, I'm such an optimist. You know, I always think everything can work. Um, And, you know, there are early signs uh, like uh, I got a call yesterday from some total new, you know, new opportunity, somebody selling a business. And she said, you know, can you help uh, mitigate the taxes on the sale? And I read the thread of emails and there was no data. I mean, it just said, father selling son to business, wants this much money out of the business over this many years, uh, and, you know, doesn't want to, wants to you know, minimize his tax. Can you help? I said, I don't know anything. <laughs> Let's start with, is there a tax? I mean, you know. <laughs> well, is there a tax? How old is the dad? Is it the only child? Can the business support the payments? I mean, there were, you know, is it an yeah. S corp? Is it a C corp? Is what is it? Uh, all of those things. And it's like, well, she said, we've asked the accountant for this and you know, he just won't give it to us. Well, that's, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if people aren't forthcoming, they don't want the information. What they want is a quick fix solution. Right. And you know, when someone's selling a business, there is no quick fix solution. It's probably three solutions or five solutions or no solutions. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I, that's the other piece that I love about doing this, these collaborations and things is because there is no right answer. There's maybe uh, several right answers. A lot of right answers. And, often, and, often a lot of right answers. Yeah. You know, and often, and that's, you know, when, when you get somebody, when you get a team that everybody understands that has an open lens, you get some really creative responses that do a lot of good for the client. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, I, uh, in the, in the case where the gentleman was $25 million, a dialogue between the attorney and I, who's an attorney I brought into the case. So, you know, I'm the, the client didn't have an existing, existing counsel. And I, as you know, Rod, I, I know attorneys all over the country. Yeah, you know uh, <laughs> I know a few. And so I brought an attorney into the case. And as we were discussing, uh, as it came to the end of 2020, the question was, were we going to do a sale transaction or a gift transaction? And after we, we had a conversation, my original thought of doing a sale transaction turned in to let's use as exemption in 2020 while we have it. 
And uh, that would have never happened if I would have just done the plan myself because I, I have no one to ask but myself. Right. <laughs> and I usually, I usually give myself the same answer. You know, I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, one other thing that I, I was mentioning to a client of mine not too long ago, um, and this is a case that he was just asking me about. I'm not actually working on the team. But I told him, I said, here's the one thing that you've got to commit to. And that is you've got to commit to the team, not to any one of the advisors. Because if somebody gets sideways and they come to you and say, well, they want to do this, but I want to do this. Your job is to say, go back to the team and come to the team, come back to me. Right. You can't take sides. You can't uh, take sides. And, 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 and really, if it's a good team, no one's going to be running behind the team's back to the client trying to disintermediate the other advisors. Right. Uh, that is a danger because they're, uh, again, a lot of advisors have agendas, right? The, the guy selling the life insurance policy wants to sell the life insurance policy. And the guy, uh, the attorney drafting the LLC wants to have, be able to draft the LLC and all, you know, there's, yeah. there can be a lot of um, forces pulling against each other if the team isn't really in good relationship with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in, you know, for clients, you said it earlier, the client doesn't want to pay everybody just for having phone calls until they understand that by paying for everybody to have phone calls, we're only going to have one phone call instead of six, you know, or something, you know, so it's, it's a better to have it up front than it is to have it later. Um, but it really is incumbent on all the, all the members of the team to be members of the team. And that's, you know, the, one of the issues that you have with most of these cases is like that case you're talking about, probably that's the largest client for one of the people on the team, if, yep. not, if not all of them, you know? And so all these advisors have the vested interest of they want to be the guy or the gal, you know, for the client and you can't have that. Or well, that and it, it's also their chance for their, their one big payday. Right. Uh, and it, if it's their one big payday, they want to make sure they get their one big payday. And it, it, you know, listen, we all want to make money. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't do this because it's a hobby. I do it so I can live. Uh, but I also do it knowing, uh, that if I do it right, I'll be able to live better. Uh, because that, that client is worth 10 clients, you know, that, uh, and a fully implemented plan is worth everything. Uh, because you get the, we got the result for this client. He's got a sister, he's got cousins, he's got brothers. They're all members of this family business. They all make a lot of money. Uh, the, you know, there, there's an opportunity for us to, to infiltrate, not infiltrate, but to win the whole family. Over. Right. Well, that's, I, I tell people all the time, when you're dealing with affluent clients, the higher the wealth, the more they trust each other and the less they trust all of us. I mean, all the, I mean, so if one of their friends says you need to go talk to Randy or Rod or Jim or whoever, you know, Susie, they'll do it. That's right. Client to client. Um, so it really is dependent on, you got to have happy clients. So, okay. Any other words of wisdom as we, uh, well, I, I, I don't know how anybody is successful in the, in the higher net worth marketplace without collaboration. I, I don't know how you do it alone. If, if you just want to sell whatever it is you sell, or you want to manage your little piece of money, or you want to just, you know, write their trust documents, or you want to, uh, you know, sell your uh, small insurance policy or whatever, I guess that's okay. But if, if you really want to do planning for a client, I mean, real planning where you are projecting and repositioning and doing all the things that need to be done. You, you cannot do it by yourself. You, you have to do it with other people. So you have to find a way to work together. I mean, if I don't collaborate, I starve. 
So it's easy for me, but it's the most natural thing in the world for me. And I don't know why it's not natural for other advisors. I, and, I just, you know, I think part of that is the ego part of, I want to be the, you know, the, the top dog with this client and all that stuff. But I think part of it is this, if you haven't done it, there's that angst of what happens. If, it's opening Pandora's box with all these other people. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a real risk for some people going into it, but I well, agree. I mean, I was, you know, I thought I was pretty much an expert at some of these things. And I go into these, into a collaboration with somebody who was a real expert at it and they knew things I didn't know. Yeah. And, it and, was, and, and, you know, us as professionals, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. Right. Uh, and right. that's dangerous for our clients. And so, you know, I, again, I was talking to, uh, and, I was talking to someone yesterday and she said, oh, my client just got to have this big liquidity event at the end of the year and they got $17 million and it's big tax bill. So I put $4 million in an opportunity zone and I set up a, a captive insurance company for him. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did you do? You know, <laughs> I sold him a bunch of stuff, but uh, you know, there were some, probably some really simple blocking and tackling things that could have done that would, would have been much less risky. Um, uh, but she didn't know what she didn't know. Right. And that's, and that, again, that's one of the real powers of having a good collaborative team. Everybody in that room probably knows something I don't know. Yep. And I might know something that none of them know. So, you know, it's, it's when you can get all of the wealth of knowledge and experience and everything from all those people working together for the client that you do provide that better experience for the client and a better plan for the client. Um, and that's ultimately what it's all about. Exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Well, thank you.